0: Welcome back. Hex Trigger's Podcast, episode 15. I'm Julian, joined by Eric. Hi. <laughs> God damn it. Oak. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> and, Chev, are you going to give me some of that? There, all right, That's that was, like, the one time I'm happy for Chev to give me the short yo is just, like, when everybody else decides that we're, uh, I don't I I can't say that on television. Um, anyway, off to a rough start here, but I think we've got an exciting week because we're taking a little bit of a trip down nostalgia lane. Uh, Chev, what do we have on the docket?
1: Well, Wizards uh, so rudely removed the From the Vault series from us, and we're going to bring it back in a completely different way and just co-op the name. We're going to do our top picks that we normally do for a full set release, but we're going to take that concept and apply it to a past set. Um, one that we haven't covered yet on the pod and for this week we're going to go back to the block that started it all for us the cons block which includes cons of tarkir fate reforged and dragons of tarkir and so we get to kind of talk about some of our favorite cards from that era uh, maybe revisit some cards that we didn't give the time of day when we weren't playing commander yet uh, and all that kind of good stuff
0: the, uh, the whole, you know, top 10 cards or whatever, that kind of trope has been worn out by a lot of people, but it's just free content, so why don't we just uh, apply it across the 27 years of magic that we, uh, you know, haven't been playing, and um, we're going to personalize it for each uh, each block that we go through, but um, we are primarily a commander-focused playgroup, so let's just start off right off the bat, I'm going to throw it for your loop, because this is not the first one written down on our note sheet, what's your guys' favorite commander from ye old cons block?
2: I'm happy to jump right in here and talk about Offense at the foremost. Oh, a con a Khan
0: from Khan's block? Would you like? A
2: Khan from Khan's block. She was featured throughout in both the before and after the fate reforged, but I'm talking about during the era of the cons, she was one of the leaders of the Abzan tribe, and she is just a great cart. I think that she was Could you tell a us really... what she does. Yes, I can. I was gonna get there. Uh but I'll start there instead of getting there. Uh, she costs Abzan for a four-four. Whenever she attacks, you can put a one-one counter on another tapped creature, probably attacking, but potentially they bolstered or something, or not bolstered, outlasted. And her second ability is that whenever an opponent's creature would go into the graveyard, they're exiled instead. I really like this as a base for a commander deck. It gives you a direction to build in. It sort of points you towards hate bears and uh, some things that Abzan is very powerful in. But I don't think it's sort of the the broken like versatileness of like Corvold or uh Cahullin. I just really like this design from a perspective of it seems like a powerful card it is a powerful card and it gets a lot done either in the 99 or in the zone and also just like the character the art like the entire Abzan tribe it's just all gravy it's a super cool card
1: yeah I I think it walks a fine line that is like really hard to kind of articulate uh but it it points you in a certain direction, but it doesn't drag you in that direction, and it's not so versatile that it doesn't sort of uh, give you an idea of where to go. Focusing on 1-1 one, one counter synergy, which cons and Dragons together had multiple mechanics for, and other things that you really see in green and white specifically, it kind of gives you a lot of options for where to take it while not being completely oppressive
3: like you mentioned. So a deck I played against this Onofenza deck, which uh, I had a lot of trouble with, uh, being a (laughs) graveyard, hate, uh, inherent commander, is my pick for this block, which is Alicia, who smiles at death. An old old favorite uh, commander deck of mine, and really my first attempt at making a sort of weenie-type strategy. Alicia, of course, is three mana, and then whenever she attacks, you can pay black or white, black or white, and reanimate a creature with power 2 or less, tapped
2: and attacking. I think she's like a 3-2 first strike also, right? Yeah, pretty good yeah. for attacking.
3: <laughs> so um, I, I really enjoyed this deck for what it was. As you know, I love attacking. Uh, and I think this is the type of deck that once the gears really got spinning, um, it was hard for your opponents to kind of come back. If you could reanimate a duplicate every turn or every combat step and then maybe sacrifice it to something else post-combat.
1: There's also the cool synergies with, what is it,
3: Master of Cruelties, and
1: cards that need to attack under certain conditions, but if you bring them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, they don't need to adhere to those rules. Um, Master of Cruelties is like a 1-4, but when it deals combat damage to an opponent, they go down to 1 life.
0: Yeah, but it has to attack alone.
1: Right, unless you reanimate it with Alicia, and then it's attacking with all of your other attackers.
0: Oh, so unless you're cheating is what you're saying. Right,
1: unless you, unless you're, you're you're pulling you're pulling a fast one. But yeah, yeah, it definitely occupies a really unique sort of space in being able to play around restrictions that would make good cards even better. Yes. What happens if you bring back a card with Defender? Can you do that?
2: Uh, I would assume I that try. in the same way it would work.
1: Yeah, because like you couldn't declare it as an attacker, but it could come out swinging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> get the walls in there I, I guess the thing is uh most most defenders have power of zero so it's like it's not yeah you know you'd really have to dig deep there if you wanted uh, spiral
1: might have a few because they they did some weird stuff there's i think that's the homunculus with an activated ability but has haste and defender and they were trying to show like haste could be good for activated abilities
0: oh yeah that is a cool card. I, I, once again, I'm pretty sure that's like an O2. <laughs> to so, roulette.
1: Oh, yeah. O2. That does. Uh, not as good. Yeah. yeah. It does make it less good.
0: Plus, ideally, you'd want to use it for the uh, the activated ability. There
2: are a couple, like, statues or colossuses, I think, or, like, just big dudes that are made of rock where it's like this has Defender, but also has Power. But I don't think it's less than two. Julian, next year
1: of the brew, I want you to do All Defenders Alicia and have it be. All Defenders Alicia? Uh. He's just gonna do creatureless Alicia <laughs> dethrone Duran <laughs> as the big uh, uh, booty commander. Write
0: it, write it down. We'll see what we can do. But Chev, what about Back what, what about your? Yeah, what about, <laughs> Chev, what about your favorite commander? So
1: mine comes from uh, a third one of the Congenates. Um, I think we're all we're all aware that the Cons were the the best part of the Tarkir block. Uh, mine is wrong. Vessiger, and wrong, Golden Golden Who who picked uh, on offense of the foremost as opposed to a dragon? Then Eric,
2: listen. You respect I will talk about Dramica. Do you respect <laughs> I will talk about Dramica and the badass dragons on this plane later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tasker, the golden wait. Fang the Sultai decadent um commander. I don't know why I said the word decadent in there. I meant to focus on it later, but just he's a pimp. He's a pimp. He is a decadent uh decadent decadent. All right, half of this podcast can't be Chip pronouncing decadent. <laughs> it
0: can be. There is going to be so much cutting to be done. We're 9 minutes in and we have about five minutes of content
1: <laughs> so tasiger he has delve um, but the more important thing is you can activate his ability to mill the top two cards from your library and then have an opponent pick a card from your graveyard to bring back to your hand and i just think that's super cool in the politics kind of space because you know you can ask someone to get back an actual threat to deal with the problem on the board or you can kind of pick someone and have everyone argue over what card they're going to get back for you. And I think it's a really interesting space where it's not just, you know, bringing cool stuff back, but how can you capitalize that to sow chaos and insanity among everyone else, which, you know, I I, kind of like to dabble in making everyone else go a little bit crazy when I play Commander every once in a while.
2: Chev, I do think you're underselling an aspect of Tasigur, which is because he has Delve and you can run other cards that control what's in your graveyard, Sometimes when it says your opponent gets to choose which card you get back, sometimes they don't actually get to choose because you have cut your graveyard to be the best of the best cards in your deck, and they're just hosed, and they have to pick something good to give you.
1: Oh, well, we're all about giving our opponents choice, Eric. You
0: know, we're just making sure that they choose the right one. Chev always puts his uh, choices between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) Well, can't help but notice uh, that all three of y'all chose... uh, a con for your favorite commander. Uh, Alicia is
2: um, not a con. You sure about that? I thought Zergo was the Marduk con. In one timeline, yes.
3: Same with
0: Tessica. Wasn't Alicia? I thought Alicia was one of the... I, am I just, like, super stupid? I mean, I... I, did, I, I thought... Let's she, get wonky. All right, whatever. Well, you know what? I can't help but notice that all of y'all chose humans. Humans as your favorite commanders when the set that we came into was dragons. Now, I will say... Each of the commanders that you guys chose, I think, were foundational picks. Uh, I think that a lot of the things that we picked up in this set and what you guys have been hitting on were things that kind of went with us until this day. Obviously, the whole attacky red stuff that Oak likes to do, that's that. And Eric, you know, likes Abzan slash Selesnya slash counters value. But I picked a dragon because dragons are cool, as Eric will attest to. And um, I did not pick Ojitai, though. You might think that might be the pick, or even Silumgar. And while I do like those cards a lot, my favorite is the boss bitch. It's Atarka, Dragonlord Atarka. She's big, she's beefy, and she doesn't give a crap what you're doing. She's going to throw some flames on you and then hit you in the face for eight. Five red, green, seven mana, eight, eight, flying, trample. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Dragonlord Atarka, she's the best one. I kind of want to build a deck around her now, because I just, I'm just remembering the good old days when I used to just spin the myel wheel and slam an Atarka on the field, and it felt good, felt good.
1: I definitely think none of us have enough big smashy decks that like don't necessarily. Well, we have ones that cheat stuff into play, but we don't have ones that are just straight up make stuff and smash
2: them. I th- I think Oak might disagree with me on that one. <laughs> I mean, I know one deck that Dragon Lord of Dark is in. It's my dragon deck, and I respect that man, that woman, that female dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Like I said, right,
0: she's, <laughs> she's she's she she's the boss. Let it be known here that Eric respects women of all different species.
2: Even the ones that don't exist.
0: Yeah, even fictional it. women. Eric is just throwing the respect around.
2: But sort of shifting away from, like, commanders and sort of the, the legendaries and the super rares, I'm going to continue going out of order because this is peak chaos draft now. What was everyone's favorite, like, uncommon, common, just every couple of packs you'd get one of these and you're like, oh, this is sick. Oh, I got one tell me about it. Is it Conifer Strider?
0: No, it's not Conifer Strider. Although almost I gonna card pick card. that for that exact <laughs> reason. <laughs> so, if we were doing like a uh like a top limited pick or whatever, like if you're just going pound for pound, I think Murderous Cut has to be like one of the best. It's an uncommon and it's uh four and a black just destroy target creature, clean and simple, but it's got delve. In any self-respecting deck, this is just a one mana kill anything, which is just so good. But, because like you said this is peak chaos, I have a second a second card and that card is humble defector and this is the homie (laughs) yeah whatever two mana, two one that's fine like limited fodder for days but no, no, no 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 we're not attacking we're tapping that boy to draw two cards not discard any cards just draw two cards in red and then give it to target opponent of your choice obviously red can't have anything that good but this card is just it's so fun it's so off base for what red wants to do Anna, it's just, it's so fun for Commander, you know what I mean? Um, Except for when I play it and tap it to draw two cards, and then it goes to, uh, you know, whoever my quote-unquote friend is at the table at the time, and then I just never get it back. It just, I'll just give it to Eric, and he'll be like, here, Oak, and then Oak will give it back to Eric, and Eric will give it back to Oak, or, or, (laughs) so I'll tap it and give it to someone, and they'll be like, I'm just not gonna use it, and then they just block with it, and then that's no fun. Like, what the heck? Come on, guys.
2: (laughs) This gentleman should be passed around the table as the turn orders go.
0: Ah, there's just so many terrible things that I want to say about...
2: Let's get off of this topic as quickly as possible. Chev. you were about to say something. I
0: love the magic of editing.
2: (laughs) Uh, Obika, the the recent
1: commander, um... I think... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Zedru. Put it in Zedru and just get double win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one.
3: So, Julian, you mentioned one mana kill a creature. I got a proposition for you. I'm ready. How about one mana draw three cards?
0: Uh... I, you know
3: formerly modern legal
0: <laughs> I was uh, no longer modern legal yeah no yeah. no longer legacy legal either I think I, I was gonna pick this card but you beat me to it I know <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I beat you to it this card <laughs> the
3: card I'm referring to of course is Treasure Cruise it is 8 mana 1 blue and 7 generic draw 3 cards sorcery speed common uh, probably insane and limited but turns out it's also pretty good in every format uh, yep. <laughs> so much so that it had to be banned or restricted in most of them.
1: It does also have Delve. That is a, a trend among some of the jank, awesome cards from this set.
0: We love Delve. Great card if you're trying to play any deck that has Vile Smasher as a partner. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Oak, is
1: it in your Vile Smasher deck?
3: My Vile Smasher deck does not have blue. Yeah, that would make it difficult. Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I So I was thinking about this a lot. Like, what... Since this isn't a limited environment we're talking about, I've got to change my pick and I'm going to go with Dark Deal. And I think Dark Ooh. Deal is just a, a super cool uncommon from the set. It's not an effect we ever really see in black, which is wheel your hand and everyone else's hands for three mana and then just draw one less. I, I can remember getting it and playing it in the uh, Abzan starter deck just because I was able to get rid of all the bad cards in my hand. Also, it's just like, an effect that makes everyone a little bit annoyed at you. And that is really what I enjoy playing. Especially, you know, if someone's made their hand good and you make it just a little bit smaller and all the pieces are gone. Uh, also, you know, an all-star that's going to be with the, the recently released Turgrid, um, who, you know, you get to play everything that gets discarded or sacrificed of your opponent. So make them wheel and you get a lot of uh, content to choose from.
2: I uh, remembered putting that in your, uh, your Glint Eye deck and. Almost picked it as well, but then I, I was I was led astray by the, the cruelest of mistresses, the color blue, <laughs> and I picked reality shift. In my opinion, probably blue's just best targeted removal. Two mana, instant speed, exile target creature. Now, that might sound like a white ability that they should print, but no, it's blue. They unfortunately get to manifest the top card of their library. It becomes a 2-2 two, two creature. However, usually they just end up manifesting a land. Rarely if ever do they manifest a creature they actually want to play.
0: 100%. This card is like it's kind <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting like, you know, you were saying it's the best blue target removal and I'm like, oh, well there's like Pongify and Rapid Hybridization and you know, like those are one mana but it's only destroy and they get a 3/3 which is bigger, but I'm just like the fact that these are so cheap and exist like it doesn't matter that they get a 3-3, like, especially not in a multiplayer format where we're playing huge stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, you're right. This card is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's just whack. Chubb, I do want you to tell the people about your original pick, though, because I don't play a lot of Abzan. But if I did, I would play that card nonstop because it is a powerhouse. Oh, Abzan charm? Yeah,
1: no. Yeah. It's that whole charm cycle are are pretty solid overall. I think... I was really stuck on picking an Uncommon um, from this because, you know, they're all so good. Abzan Charm is white, black, green. So, Abzan. Yes, it is Abzan. Okay, good. Exile target creature with power three or greater, or draw two cards, lose two life, or distribute two 1-1 counters among one or two target creatures. I mean, you're never going to pick option three, um, but you still get uh, either exile uh, a creature with power three or greater, which is, you know someone pongifies something and you can get rid of that or an actual dragon like a Tarka or just drawing two lose two um that's an effect that black will play all day especially at instant speed uh it's just so anything you want to do this card can do I I mean mostly it's going to be exiling um but I can't imagine coming
2: up against this in limited that
1: would be real sucky
2: and yeah in limited especially the versatility is just crazy Cause that's where that third option does become viable where to just instant speed, be like, actually you lose these trades and just get absolutely blown out. Yeah.
0: Well, those are all great picks. I mean, this whole block is reasonably stacked from, you know, common all the way up to mythic in terms of just cards that you want to play. I mean, a lot of recent design has been, but I think this was kind of that sort of turning point, this, this era that we, we came in, which is pretty fortunate for us. But, um, those are cards that we play. You know, people play Murder's Cut. People play Reality Shift. But there's also 557 other cards in this uh, this block that we don't think see as much play as they deserve. These are kind of the the unsung heroes, the underrated cards of this this block. Chev, what are some cards that you feel deserve a little more love?
1: So there's there's three um, that I think. I, I was going to try and do one from each set, but I just enjoyed these too much. Uh, we've got Brutal Horde Chief commune with lava, and display of dominance. Brutal Horde Chief is essentially um, Master Warcraft on a stick, where you get to, it's a creature, um, I think it costs like five, uh, four, um, and whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses one life and you gain one life, boring. What's really cool is it has three generic hybrid red-white, hybrid red-white, creatures your opponent's control block this turn in Fable, and you choose how those creatures block. So you are limited to only playing this in Mardu plus decks, but having the ability to just kind of completely change a combat, even if you're not involved, that's the thing that I think is really useful in a multiplayer format that we don't see enough, is it could just be one opponent swinging against another opponent, and you can completely rearrange the blocks, get some political angle out of it, um essentially make one of your creatures the lore and have everyone block that while the rest of your creatures get through. It's just so versatile in a field we don't normally get to see a lot of changing in. Um, Commune with Lava is kind of like something we've uh, seen more recently as a powerhouse, which is Escape to the Wilds. And it's this idea that Red has had recently of kind of like... um, Drawing a bunch of cards, putting them into exile two turns later. I forget the actual, like, keyword for that in quotes that people have been using recently. But basically, it's the the best way to get a ton of cards in red. It costs, I believe, two red and X. Uh, draw the top X cards, and then you get to play them until the end of your next turn. So you could spend an entire turn tapping out, get, you know, five, six cards from the top of your deck, and then the next turn, choose which ones you want to play. And that is something, again, like is super useful for, for draw in, uh, in red.
3: Another similar card, or a card with a similar effect that was just recently printed in Kaldheim is uh, Showdown of the Skulls, which is a saga.
1: Any help that red can get with drawing cards, I can't even count on two hands the number of times I've been playing. We've been playing against like Oak and he's got a ton of mana and probably like one card and uh, it either wins the game or it doesn't. So in this case, you know, you have a couple turns to get this. Late game, um, perfect kind of play. Last card I want to highlight, Display of Dominance. Now, this is no Veil of Summer um, that costs like 7 $8 at this point.
0: Only because it's been banned a bunch of times. I bet you it'd be like 20 It's
1: It's nuts. For an uncommon, like for that to cost in today's day and age, ridiculous. So, uh, one and a green. It's choose one, destroy target, blue or black, non-creature permanent, or... Permanence you control can't be the target of blue or black spells your opponents control this turn. Basically giving all of your creatures hexproof. Which, yeah, they're going to probably want that against, um, especially black. Blue has bounce effects, pongify, reality shift like we've covered... It's, it's a budget version. It costs 13 cents, and it won't protect your cards from being countered. But not only can you get rid of things like a Phyrexian altar or a Rhystic Study, uh, but you can also protect your board against some uh, nefarious trickery while you're going for the game-ending play. So that is a card I definitely want to see more.
0: I mean, the other thing for that is just, like, there are so many multicolored cards now that there's just things that are, like, incidentally blue or incidentally black, and you're just like, boom dead easy like you know the hexproof thing is good but also sometimes you can just off permanence it's
2: good enough
1: i i definitely think like there are some modal spells there's a mode you, you think you'll never use and then you end up using
0: it like that uh put two two one one counters on and I was, in charm.
1: <laughs> I was thinking more warping whale exiling a creature with like power one or less but uh that is yeah that that
0: has come up <laughs> that has come up
2: my, my poor brash taunter <laughs> uh mother of runes and giver of runes yeah
0: basically basically all the cards from oak's decks yep <laughs> that is normally who it targets <laughs> yep
2: well no the counter spells come for come for julian
0: <laughs> actually no i think chev use you usually uses warping whale to counter like uh an insurrection or a, a debt to the deathless from oak anyway so i've i've been i've been pretty hands-off when it comes to that sort of stuff That's julian fair.
1: what are uh what are your picks for top cards you wish you saw in commander moore
0: well chef, after you went and decided you wanted to do one from each set, I think we all followed suit. so I'll just carry on. For cons for me, it's a Pearl Lake agent. Once again, a big old uh, beefy control threat, uh, five blue blue so seven mana six seven Leviathan, one of my favorite creature types from back in the day. It's got flash, of course, because why would I want to play this on instant speed just in case you know I had to counter something? Um, also can't be countered. so if we're playing the mirror, uh, the control mirror, uh, you know, you can't mess with me. It's got prowess. Obviously want to be casting a lot of spells so I can beat this guy up. So he's just a good threat. But he's also got this last line of text that says return three lands. You control to their owner's hand return pro lake ancient to its owner's hand. So it's got that sort of Nezahal. We've seen this on a few of those, you know, big sort of control threats. Um, that sort of like a protect uh, built in protection at slight card disadvantage. But what I was actually thinking that I think is really cool for this, just because I've been doing a lot of uh land folly things lately with both the year of brew and also of course tatiova is this is just a great way to you know if you've run out of ramp spells or like i have several times run out of basic lands in your deck uh you can just (laughs) pop this guy back to your hand and that gives you you know a few more land drops for the next few turns to get those that value so i think this is great both in a flash or control type of shell but also if you're just trying to play play lands like we all are obviously all the time uh ancient's pretty cool Pearl Lake Ancient's not Mimi, but next pick is like real not Mimi. Like this card deserves to see more play. It's an absolute bargain, and that is Citadel Siege. Um, Honestly, all the Sieges are sweet, but Citadel I think is the most underrated, probably because it's a white card and people are like, yeah. Mm. Two white, white for an enchantment. Uh, as Citadel Siege enters the battlefield, you choose cons or dragons. For cons, at the beginning of your combat on your turn, put two 1 1 counters on target creature you control. That's just a great recurrable source of counters, which a lot of uh, counters decks are based green-white or something like that, so... And, I mean, two two plus plus-one, plus-one counters is not negligible whatsoever, but uh, my personal favorite option is you pick dragons, and at the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn... So, once again, we're talking multiplayer formats generally. Each opponent's turn, that's usually three other opponents, tap target creature that player controls. So, to be able to basically nerf each opponent's best creature um, every turn before they get to attack, you know, that's potentially uh, a 12-12 Menace Kozilek that you are now Tapping down, or a uh, you know ten ten ur dragon, or a maelstrom wanderer, or whatever. You know, I'm just you know spouting out. Yeah, yeah. the, fr- yeah, the a- first thing any that come random the top of my creature. Head. Yeah, yeah. If, if, you know, that's just super powerful. And the other thing now is depending how you want to attack. If you want to attack, that nerfs another huge blocker, a death toucher or something, for when it comes back around to you. So, absolute powerhouse.
2: I ran this card in Morath, and you're absolutely right. This this card, both options just slap. But the the dragon's option of tapping stuff down is just so powerful every turn.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, for you, for Marath, two plus one pl- plus one counters on Marath is, that's huge. That's primo. Another thing that I was thinking about that too is that this is just a triggered ability. So like, of course, I immediately thought of Kozalek. I was like, well, I'm not going to have two creatures to block with Menace. So I was like, oh, I could just tap him down. And he, it's not even like a spell. You can't counter that. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's an, a triggered ability. So it's hard to really interact with that. Citadel Siege was from Fate Reforged. My last card from uh, Dragons of Tarkir, which uh, I don't think I've ever seen played. I've, I've definitely opened it in packs before. It's an uncommon. Uh, but that's Swift Warkite. This card is sweet. I was just like looking through all the cards. This card is absolutely sick. It's a 4 red and a black for a 4-4 four four dragon with flying. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you can put a creature card with converted mana cost 3 or less from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, one, it's like pseudo-dash, which was one of the mechanics. You can just throw something, you know, an extra attacker that people didn't see. But it's also from your graveyard, which is like sweet reanimation. So I'm thinking immediately any sort of ETBs. And no matter where you put it in from, it goes back to your hand. So say I play like uh, a Fleshbag Marauder. Everyone sacks a creature. I sack my Fleshbag Marauder. Next turn, play my swift work height, bring the Fleshbag Marauder in. Everyone sacks a creature. And then... At the end of the turn, assuming I didn't sack my fleshbag marauder, now it goes back to my hand. I can play it again. Value on top of value on top of value. If you're talking about ETBs or anything that cares about things going in and out of the graveyard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So swift work, I, I think, is something that I'm actually going to try and incorporate on the rare occasion that I build a black red deck, just because the potential is crazy. Um, in terms of just hopping through zones,
3: no transition. I'm just going next. Um, <laughs> uh, following... <laughs> would
0: you would you say you're uh you're having a display of dominance?
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh. So yeah, following suit with the uh, one pick from each of the sets in the block. Uh, let's start with Fate, Whisperwood Elemental, five mana. That's three generic, two green, uh, elemental creature that falls into a category of cards I like to call. B- board wipe insurance where you go to your insurance provider and you're just like what happens if someone casts a board wipe spell like can you guys help me can i get some stuff back and they're like yeah sure thing so for the low low cost of five mana uh you get a three three which uh first of all in each of your end steps lets you manifest the top card of your library which is fine But the more fun ability of uh, Whisperwood Elemental is that uh, you can sacrifice him, say, if a board wipe is about to go off, and till end of turn, each non-token creature your control gets, when this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. So, original set of creatures might be gone, but you have all these little manifests now, some of which could probably turn into creatures, Uh, and, I mean... In either case, the board is now cleared, so maybe maybe you'll even get to get in with those little two two creatures. So, uh, moving on from cons, we've got the card Dune Blast, which is seven mana, uh, for an Abzan, for destroy all creatures except one. Uh, and now this is just I I understand being an Abzan card. This is a deck or a card that's a hard to put into a lot of decks, but. I really like this card, and I really like it flavor-wise. Uh, the flavor text saying something to the tune of uh, the Abzan save this spell for their like last resort because it brings about what they fear the most, which is being alone. Uh, so yeah, uh, great for Voltron decks, and just anything where you're playing gigantic creatures that you want to get through with. You play this, and then swing with your giant creature. It's perfect. Uh, Finally, from Dragons, we have Descent of the Dragons, which is a six-mana sorcery that you can destroy any number of target creatures and essentially replace each of them with a 4-4 flying dragon. So this is a pretty weird board wipe. Uh, It's sort of a board wipe because it doesn't actually wipe the board because the board is usually still full by the time (laughs) the spell has resolved. Uh, But not many... uh, Mono-red cards, and this is, uh, by the way, 6 mana, 4 generic, and 2 red. Uh, not many mono-red cards have the words destroy and creature in the same sentence. It's usually deal X damage to a creature. So, kind of unique, but um, worth the color break, in my opinion, because, it, of again, the flavor of the card. Uh, a bunch of dragons are descending down to eat one creature apiece, and then they're just going to stick around. Um, and although although it's kind of silly, uh, it might seem kind of bad that your opponents possibly now get to have 4-4 dragons. Um, it is better to have 4-4 dragon, or for your opponent to have four for a 4-4 dragon, than them having, like, a Voronkleks or something like that. So, yeah, it's not just bad. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. Yeah. Also, if you're running a token deck with red, then it might be nice to have all those little 1-1 plants turn into a uh, big... Big four, four dragons that can
2: possibly attack if you have a haste enabler. So, just something to think about. You know, mm. <laughs> got a bunch of kobolds. A care keep, boom! Dragons yep. a care keep, get them. That's right. They're, they're joining Prosh. Um, yeah. I I also followed the trend of sort of one card from each set. Uh, well, you better if you didn't, you'd look like an idiot. I mean, that's fair. But again, I I sort of I'm I'm regretting the amount of dragons I chose. In that I only chose one, but I'm, I'm happy with the cards I chose. So from cons, I chose uh, villainous wealth. All right, I can test this immediately.
0: You think I do not think this is an I, I don't think this is an underrated card at all. I think this is a very properly rated card in that it's busted and
2: stupid. Okay, so <laughs> I am saying it is underrated in that I think a lot of Salt-Eye decks win in less interesting ways than this. And if you're doing busted stuff in Sultai, just do this. It's cool. I'm not going to be bad if you cast a gigantic villainous wealth and take my entire deck and play all the cards in it. It'd be kind of cool. I can see my deck do cool things, even if it kills me. I disagree, but carry on. Uh, For those who don't know, it's X and Sultai. Target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library. You may cast any number of spells with converted mana cost X or less from among them without paying their mana cost. So, you just lop off a portion of someone's library, or take the whole dang thing, and cast all their good stuff. And the flavor text is, gold buys death, death earns gold. And it's got this crazy cat man just touching a bunch of gold. It's it's a great card that I think is a very powerful effect, and doesn't even need infinite mana to be good. If you resolve this for X's 10, that's gas. Moving on to Fate, where hopefully Julian will be a little less upset with me. Uh, I picked Soulfire Grandmaster. This is a card that I think is super sick. It's one and a white for a human monk. Lifelink, instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. And then two and either red, blue or red, blue. The next time you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand this turn, put that card back into your hand instead of the graveyard as it resolves. It's a 2-2. So it's a two man and 2-2 with a bunch of upside. I think that this card is really, really good in any... Jess guy like spell slinger deck where you're you're just either dealing damage or want to play a lot of spells or have high value spells even if you have no damage spells which seems unlikely in like a Jess guy spell slinger burnout kind of deck the four mana just recur a spell it doesn't have to exile the next time you play it or anything it's just good and then any burn package you run on top of that is just gas like if you resolve this with a blasphemous act or a chain reaction or anything. It, you just have an untouchable number of life now. Star of Extinction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love this card, by the way. So, in case you were looking for my approval for any reason,
2: great card. I don't need um, your approval for anything, Julian. But thank you. I
0: I didn't think you did, but I just wanted to hear myself talk a little bit more. I mean, as the Filthy Control Mage, I'm just thinking. I mean, six mana. You just have counterspell all the time, forever.
2: And then, if you want to go filthy in the other direction, there's cards like Battle Him, where it's one and a red. Add red to your mana pool for each creature you control. If you have seven creatures. You now have infinite red mana. Sounds like it's time for the biggest fireball you've ever seen to gain the biggest amount of life you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> you know, that that is... Uh, I do like that as well. That's uh, That's fun.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, be the neutral third party and say that's a lot cooler than
2: uh, six mana counterspells all the time. Good to know. To end off, this is a card that I think is like legitimately underrated. In black, there are a lot of board wipe options, but a lot of them either end up being expensive financially or expensive uh, in terms of mana costs. This one is on the expensive mana cost side, but I like the modalness of it. It's uh, Deathbringer Regent. Uh, it's 5 and 2 black for a dragon. It's got flying, obviously. Uh, when Deathbringer Regent enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand and there are 5 or more other creatures on the battlefield, destroy all other creatures. It's a 5-6. If you play it onto an empty board or just play it in a situation where you need something to get out there, but the board isn't really that packed. You can drop this five, six for initiative. It's a little over but you'll be fine. However, in any situation that warrants a board wipe, this will be active. It'll be online. It immediately turns the tide and gives you the tempo of developing a body at the same time. If you pretend you're just playing damnation and a creature, it's a three mana five, six flyer. (laughs) Like it's just, it's kind of gas.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a hot card.
2: I didn't even like really do that math until I said it of like, this is damnation that comes with a three mana, five, six flyer. And like, that's, it's kind of hot.
0: I just, you know what? I just, that's just like a nice optimistic thinking. Like if you, if you wanted to like game theory it, like I'm sure that's not right. Not the right way to do it. But like, it's just, that's just, it just makes you feel much so better so much better about that card. You know what I mean? You're like,
2: wow, this is that's busted. That's crazy. I mean, yes. And I just, it's good vibes. You know, it's just good vibes. It's only Damnation plus a three mana five six. If you already have seven mana, if you only have four mana, you can't just play the Damnation half, but just like also play green or something or like Artifact Mana. Get seven mana.
0: Well, I mean, Eric, if we're talking about playing green and we're talking about good vibes i don't know what better good vibe there is than having big booty tell us about your favorite build around
2: ah my favorite build around is a card that i think is really interesting uh someone stole my actual favorite build around so i've chosen this as my second to your choice but it's still super cool it's assault formation
0: do you mean ass alt formation
2: then you know what that's fair just just thought of that just thought of that oh no, uh, yeah clearly right off the top of the dome uh it's a one and a green for an enchantment each creature you control Uh, Assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. An effect that we've seen a couple other times on I think doran the Siege Tower and I think Arcady Sabbath. And then you can also activate for one green target creature with defender can attack as though it didn't have defender. And then two and a green creatures you control have plus O plus one. This card is a super interesting build around. It offers a lot to decks like doran and like Arcady Sabbath that already have this ability inherently on the commander, but in green or green-white, as I often like to play, you can pretty easily go get an enchantment. So you could just make a build-around deck that really centers on, I just got some thick lads, and I'm here to do some thick things. There's there's a lot of really good auras that can help with this card that are way underrated for just giving like a bunch of defensive stats or good equipment that can go with it. A lot of really interesting creatures that look kind of terrible until they start assigning combat damage with their defense or until you start taking away a Defender from them.
0: Also, the art has a dragon on it. So, like, that's just an instant plus. Facts. Right?
2: It's from the Dragons block. It's a good card. End of story.
0: I really, I kind of want to do a count and see, like, how many cards in this block in general have dragons on them. Even if it's not a dragon creature, if there's a dragon on there somewhere, I bet you it's got to be like two thirds, right? Probably.
2: Uh, in the whole block, I would, I would probably say it's closer to 50-50, but in, in the dragon set, I think it's got to be like two-thirds, like three-quarters.
1: Yeah, that's well. true, because I don't think any would be in cons, right, because in cons, all the dragons are
0: dead? Um, Are there not? Wait, are there no dragons in cons at all? Uh,
2: The elder dragons died out, so I think all the other baby dragons weren't, like, a big thing. Also, spoilers for Cons
0: lore. Back in the day, I used to have this down pat because I was like, "What the hell is going on?" So I like actually looked into the story. I always think that dragons that are in Fate, because Fate is like technically part of the dragons timeline. Yeah, so are in Cons, but they're not actually in Cons. Never, never yeah. Mind.
2: Cons happens. I think Ugin's like Sarkon. You gotta reset the timeline, and Sarkon's like, "I right, bet, dog, <laughs> I'm gonna bring all the dragons back." And he doesn't. U- U- Ugin, Ugin was like
0: 14 million, 14 million possibilities. There's only one. Yeah. <laughs> Sar- Sarkon comes back in his team reform. He's like, hey, can you tell me if this is the one? And Ugin's like, if I told you, it wouldn't happen. Um, but yeah. Uh, spoilers for Avengers Endgame, maybe, I guess.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Sarkon resets oh, the shit. timeline. I have no idea how. Um, and that causes Fates. And then dragons is like the future of, of that timeline. There's
1: something special about Sarkon. And imagine loving dragons so much, you go back in time thousands of years, save one, come back. Humanity is on the brink of extinction, and dragons rule. And you're like, yes. The only other person I could <laughs> would think would make those decisions
2: is Eric. But other than that, sure. I think most of us are pretty sane. Listen, some of the dragons are like, hey, I'm just trying to create a vibe zone for the humans. Namely, Dramica and her crew are like, Hey, if you survive in the desert, we'll respect you and we'll keep you safe. N- Atarka's like, uh, you need to bring me food and like just constantly hunt for me, and she's just like kind of a hoe about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm
0: biased, but the real homie was Ojitai with the Jess Guy. I mean, they were just trying to like big Zen, big chill mood. I mean, Chev, you you know what's up with the Jess Guy, right? You're trying to ascend, right?
2: Uh, your your favorite card or your favorite build around.
0: Damn, Chef, I just handed you the, like, smoothest return out of the void dimension that we were traveling through in, like, the sickest segue, and you just squandered it.
1: Yes, I did. And I, I enjoy that immensely one. now, knowing what it was supposed to be. Uh, the the <laughs> card that I like building around the most from this set um, is Jeskai Ascendancy. It, it's kind of like something out of Julian's old uh, Revier Engines series, where he would pick... Uh, powerful enchantments in standard and try to build decks around them. But basically, it's a, a car, an enchantment for Jeskai that gives all of your creatures prowess, which is a pretty awesome ability. And then on top of that, it untaps creatures you control whenever you cast an instant or a sorcery. So not only do you get to beef all of your creatures up to insane levels with just quick cantrips or whatever. Oh, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell is icing on the cake, uh, draw a card if you do discard a card. So... You get a little bit of card advantage in there, but really you're just making a big beefy force and just getting to swing. Also, the art shows like an Avengers style squad of just all the different uh, creature types you see in um, the Jeskai Kongonate. And it's just like, all right, we're here. We're going to get real big and we're going to smash you in the face. And I think that that would be super cool to kind of play around with quick instants and sorceries, um, drawing cards, replacing your hand, maybe even stuff like morphos. if you're getting into a, a more multicolor environment, and just try and almost storm off with this uh, in just infinitely big creatures. Although that brings up a point, if you played this on Infinity Elemental, and you had that on the battlefield, I guess it would still have infinite power, because Infinity plus one is Infinity?
2: What?
3: Yeah, but it's toughness.
0: Is that an uncard? Is that something we're supposed to know about? <laughs> it's toughness <laughs> would go up. That's true. Yeah, Infinity thought- Elemental
1: is a vanilla mythic rare from the most recent unset with stats infinity five. It's a low key banger. <laughs>
2: I mean, you just give that bad boy trample, all of a sudden, you're on to something. <laughs>
0: if only there
3: was a way.
2: I was just going to say that, honestly, all of the Ascendancies, other than Abzan Ascendancy, which is kind of sadly terrible, they're all just super cool.
3: Chip, I really like Jeskai Ascendancy probably for a different reason. Uh, if you recall back in the day, I had an obsession with man lands. I, I'm kind of still obsessed with man lands. I'm not sure if you had mentioned this, but uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get to untap all your creatures while Jeskai Ascendancy is out. Um, and if your creatures also just happen to be lands, then you might just have the mana to cast another spell. Uh, sort of going into that like storm style you had mentioned but um yeah i built a deck around this once a long time ago when uh i didn't have enough money to afford even the most basic of dual lands and it was very (laughs) bad and inconsistent but it was fun to play like the one or two times it
1: worked besides um Noyandar, dar is there a Jeskai commander that deals with creature lands
3: i don't think so but i've seen it used to great effect in a kai card deck before, where you can just pump all your tokens and then, yeah, I mean that's not really uh, along, along my lines of strategy, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, I was the one, the villain who stole uh hardened scales from Eric, and I'm very ah! sorry about that. Evil. But after after I saw Jessica ascendancy was taken, it was the fir- literally the first thing I thought of. Uh, like without even going on Scryfall. It's a good choice. Um, the main reason for this is, yeah, so like, um you guys know I'm not the big, like, 1-1 counter type guy, but, Hardened Scales, in Modern, is just an awesome, awesome deck, uh, that plays a ton of, like, little artifact boys, that, especially some, that have come in the past few years, that are like, pay XX, and then it does something like, uh, Walking Ballista, or, uh, Hanger Back Walker. So, it's one green mana, for an enchantment, when whenever a 1-1 or one or more 1-1 counters would be put on a creature you control, put an additional 1-1 counter on them. Um, but the thing that Harden Scales, the modern deck, does really cool is it moves uh, these counters around at such a breakneck pace with the help of cards like Arcbound Ravager that um, it's just able to attack from so many different angles. Uh, like, you can end up pinging someone's death with a walking ballista or, like, make just a ton of uh, Thopters uh, from a Hangerback Walker that dies after a board wipe. So, yeah, hardened scales, is awesome. Uh, your creatures just modulate at like a, a really fast scale and it even plays uh, a welding jar, which reminds me of my old, old artifact stompy deck. So, that card and this particular build around are just uh, something I always love to see and just Think
0: are awesome. Oak, you would the the modern, like you were like, I wanted Jess Guy Ascendancy, which used to be like a super good deck in Modern too
3: Like I got, I'm watching. I'm watching it all. He's times. looking.
0: He's <laughs> looking. Well, I mean, maybe modern is like modern might be like a good format again. So maybe you'll uh maybe you'll hop in there and let us know how it is. Test the waters.
2: I saw for an for incredible him. meme. Uh more uh Infinity War and Endgame spoilers, I think. Uh, but it was the Thanos <laughs> meme of like did you do it? Like, did you balance the universe? Yes. What did it cost? Uh, Everything. And it was, the format was, did you balance modern? Yes. What did it cost? Or how did you do it? I banned everything after the most recent ban announcement. And I sent it to a friend who plays modern and he replied, the second panel should have said no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. That is a shame.
0: It's been what a week, 2 weeks since that ban announcement and they they've already that <laughs> what have they already discovered the next broken thing? I don't know.
3: Uh
2: maybe. I think that's just modern players general like feeling is like Yeah. Yeah, even if it's balanced, it'll be busted in some way.
0: That's like kind of the whole appeal of modern, right? Is just you just go you go there to do stupid things cuz like got a lot of the stupid things that you might find in legacy or vintage but like not the you know, good hard control permission things that stop people from doing stupid things. Mm. Uh, anyway, God, we are. What is it about you boys that just make me float off into outer space when it comes to these these topics? I'm trying to trying to be a good host here and stay on topic. I mean, all right, we're about we to get something one that's Take left. us way off, topic. and uh, you you might be right, but I'm 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 gonna do my best, okay? I'm just gonna do my best. <laughs> I understand? That's all. That's all we're doing. We're just doing our best. Uh, yeah. So. I think this is a fitting way to close out the, uh, the categories because, like we said at the beginning, cons is when we started. Um, it has shaped a lot of how we enjoy the game, what we like, everything. I mean, we've talked about it across this whole cast, but our, uh, our final topic is, what is your most nostalgic card?
3: Wait, Julian, what about your favorite build around? We didn't hear from you.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. You're right. All right. Well, okay. Dude, my favorite build around? Taking it to punch club. Faux Razor Regent. Uh once again, another card that I totally forgot about until I was like, Oh, we're doing this cast on cons. Better look through all six hundred and fifty cards or whatever. This guy, first of all, art is sick. He's just like hanging out and everything's like on fire in the background, like total chaos, just watching the world burn. He's just a flaming
2: but, uh, deer dragon. And that's just that's just sick. Oh yeah,
0: he's he's also like kind of just like a deer dragon thing. Um, yeah, so he's a dragon, obviously from Dragons of Tarkir. What a coincidence. Uh, five green and green. So seven mana, um, for a four or five, which is not the best, but, um, also in green, a dragon in green, which is pretty interesting Four or five flyer. Obviously when he enters the battlefield, you can have him fight target creature. You don't control. So removal on a stick ish, but then he's got another line of text that says, whenever a creature you control fights, which includes him because he fights when he enters, uh, put two one, one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. So this guy's the OG fight club. Like we've had a bunch of cards, More recently, like, I'm thinking specifically of there was that one commander from, I think, Jumpstart um, who cared about fighting, but there's been some cards that care more about fighting and that sort of thing recently, but from what I can remember, this is the OG, and he fights when he enters, and then when anything else fights, um, they get paid off for it. The way I like to think about it is kind of like, it's like an RPG, like, you go and you, like, fight, and if you win your battle, you get EXP, and you, like, level up at the end of turn, and you, like, get two plus one plus one counters, you know, and you're, like, bigger, and then... You know, you just fight some more, and then if you're doing any sort of, like, blinky things, you can just blink this guy and keep fighting, and then all your dudes are big and beefy, and you don't talk about it, because that's the that's the rule of Fight Club. You just don't talk about
2: That's it. why we skipped the card, is because we don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I screwed it up. <laughs> I'm
0: imagining yeah,
1: a up. Faux Razor Regent with a Thorn Mammoth. Thorny
0: Mammoth? Oh, yeah. Thorn Mammoth. Whenever
1: it enters... Or and whenever another creature enters, it fights target creature you don't control. Ooh, you got Kolga. Kolga's out here fighting people.
2: mm Hmm. Got all them fighters. But anyway, to to actually transition to our final category, Julian, do you, do you want to take a trip down memory lane? Run us run us through the good old days. What what it what what really takes you back to this block?
0: You know, I was thinking, and um. <laughs> <laughs> My card is so stupid but i love it so much and i don't know if this is a trip to the good old days for you boys but my most nostalgic card is a trip to the bad old is, days. is is pressure point so for those of y'all who don't know what this card is because it's not a good card pressure point is a instant for one and a white tap target creature draw a card when we first started playing we all went and got starter decks at our lgs and I got the Azorius one, which was a sort of prowessy uh monk slash dragon deck. And it had four pressure points in it. Pressure point was just like kind of everything I wanted to do in a card. You know, it drew a card so it replaced itself. It just kind of got me to wear my big dragons and stuff so I could beat in and win. And it incapacitated your best creature, which back then, because, uh, you know, we were playing stupid things like Shrek and... Hydra Mother and uh, the card that Chev's going to talk about, um, you know, these are big things. So I was like, well, why would I want to like beat those in combat with, you know, my little monks or whatever, or, like have to chump block. I'll just boom, tap it down, draw a card and be on my merry way. And um, I, for better or for worse, I think my love of playing this card has shaped the filthy control bastard that I am today. So uh, I love pressure point. And also the art is sick. It's like This dragon falling out of the air with this monk on its head, like, just, like, getting a poke. Yeah, just, like, giving him the poke and, like, putting him to sleep. So, it's it's pretty cool.
3: I just want to say that this card was also a lot better uh, before we realized that creatures had to be tapped down before they were declared as attacking in order to prevent them from attacking. So, like, I remember one game specifically in Chev's basement where Chev... Um, you know, declared his attackers, turned all his creatures sideways, and then Jordan was like, I'm gonna pressure point that so it can't attack. And we were like, wait a sec. You know, we'd started to learn the rules of the game a little better. We were just like, but that creature's already attacking. <laughs> so how can you tap? So that was when we realized, oh yeah.
0: It was the Wild West out there, and uh, I definitely made my my fair share of mistakes when it came to uh, the rules.
2: Uh, if If no one else is gonna is, does someone else want to jump in?
0: Well, I will say, Eric, uh, Pressure Point is very effective against a very large creature. I would say maybe, you know, just arbitrarily an infinitely large creature. Um, what's your most nostalgic card?
2: Yeah. So much like you, my most nostalgic card really informed how I like to play Magic today. Uh, it's uh, it's Enduring Scale Lord. It is 4 and uh, green and a white for a 4-4 four, four Flying Dragon. Whenever you put a 1-1 counter on another creature, you may also put a 1-1 counter on this creature. Now, just immediately, if you, you're, you like, very familiar with the game, it pops out to you, hey, if you have two of those, you can just make them arbitrarily large. It. I bought the Selesnya starter deck, which I believe had two of these in it, and I must have played that deck for probably a couple months before I was confident enough to even ask, like, does this work? Because... I think before then I had played like some Yu-Gi-Oh and like was starting to play Hearthstone and I was like infant combos like aren't a thing like I don't understand this clearly I'm just wrong it can't be this easy to execute a combo and now remi- it's not a good combo to make two arbitrarily large dragons because you just kill them but
0: it's still sick. You see the word removal was not in our vocabulary back then so it,
2: it was a good combo <laughs> It was. But you had to find them without any tutors, cause that also wasn't in our vocabulary. So I just had to naturally draw them in a Selesnia deck.
0: Or in our price range. Or
2: in our price range. Um But yeah, this this really informed how I play Magic both from a I'm gonna play big, dumb, stompy stuff in green and white, and I love one one counters. And it was it gave me oh it gave me just a little taste, just a little of uh, what it feels like to just do something categorically broken in your format of uh, comboing, and since then combos have gotten better. Big, just thick creatures have gotten better, and I—I
0: uh, I mean, I'd say you've probably gotten better as well.
2: I have also gotten better. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. I still still got to give my boy a shout out, but I—I uh, th- I think actually a lot of us have cards that pressure point would hit. Oak, do you want to go? Because I'm just happy to go from dragon to dragon.
3: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, mine follows a very similar theme to Eric's in that it was the uh, one of the big dragons in my original starter deck. Mine is Kolagon, the Storm's Fury, a card which has, for me, long since fallen to the wayside, because it's not really good. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> in fact, it's a 5-mana, 4-5 dragon. Uh, it's got dash for 5, so it's not even like a reduced-cost dash. <laughs> Um, and whenever a dragon you control attacks, I believe, or all dra- all creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. I probably should have looked this up before had, but it's something along those lines. Um, but anyways, like, okay, five, five mana for a five, five flyer is fine, but, like, I'm just thinking about specifically, like, like, the dash mechanic and how it was the, like, pivot of that original starter deck I had and how bad... Of a mechanic, that is? Like, if you compare Dash to something like Riot, it's just like, how did how did Dash ever, like... How did they ever think <laughs> of this was powerful enough to, like, warrant an entire deck build around for it? Or, like, Dash to foretell? Dash is fun. It's fun, though. It, it is fun, and there, there are a couple cool Dash cards. Uh, but it's just like, I just wish it just had haste, you know what I mean? <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, is you pay an alternate cost, and the creature you played the dash calls for gets haste, but then you have to return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So it, it could dodge some forms of removal. Sure. But use case for that is like very, very limited, especially like Julian said in a play group where removal was not in our vocabulary at all. And the only removal we had was tapping down your creature before it attacks. So you just played, paid five mana to let Julian draw a card, essentially.
2: <laughs> 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 Sounds like a good trade for me. Chev called this out earlier. What about an Obika dash decks? So you dash everything out, and then you're just like, oh, turns over. Ah, it's got to stay out there. Oh, it's out there. Oh, God, i gotta get out there. <laughs>
1: Fortunately, um, so it, it, it's kind of good because there's a few cards that benefit from a reduced dash cost. But you also run into, there's not a lot of good dash cards. So, like, there's things yeah. like the Mardu Strike Leader, which is 3-2 uh, for 3, Dash for 4. Uh, when it attacks, put a 2-1 Black Warrior Creature Token onto the battlefield. And that's, like, one of the good, rare effects. But then at the end of the day, you just have a essentially a 5-3 for 4 mana, which isn't that much of a benefit when you can do much more broken things with
3: Obika. Overall, Dash is just more of a hindrance. Yeah. We just want to go fast. Pretty much. Yeah. That's all we want to do. We do, do. want to go fast. So, yeah, I mean, Kholigon, I'll always remember him as, you know, that card that was just, boom, big, bold foil printed on the front of my original starter deck. But he just really was not that good. (laughs) So, how about a better card? (laughs) Jeff?
0: Better is, uh, arguable. (laughs) When we got to,
1: um, our LGS, dragons had just come out, so they had all of the welcome deck, not welcome deck, starter decks? I forget what they were once called the forgotten product, but they that's had a piece. all of them from like uh, dragons cons and fate reforged. And nothing really stood out to me. Like the cons, I think it was called arm for battle, or maybe that's one of the more recent ones, but it was like a big, strong sounding thing. And ivory tusk fortress was the, uh, the, the shiny card with, Objectively better art than the um the set Ivory Tusk Fortress. It just it looks like what you want it to look like from Lord of the Rings. And it's a five mana five-seven. So we're starting off strong, and then untap each creature you control with a 1-1 one, one counter on it during each other player's untap step. And the deck was built around the outlast mechanic, which was tap a certain amount of mana on a creature tap it as a sorcery and it gets a 1-1 counter on it. So basically, like, you have this face card that is undoing the downside of Outlast, which is always the question of, do I Outlast my creature and tap them out so the opponent can swing through? Um, Well, in this case, they'll just be back and better than ever, Uh, especially when the deck threw in a bunch of these um, 1-1 counter payoff cards. So it's a really strong ability to just have... All of your creatures, I guess at the end of the day, they essentially have Vigilance, but I mean, you can also use activated abilities and stuff if one of them have a 1-1 counter in one of those. But it just, to me, it is the set. Like, I, I I, understand that Dragons of Tarkir were part of it, but I will always remember the cons. And, you know, I'm not saying Sarkhan did them dirty, uh, but it kind of did.
2: Alright, so Sarkhan did some of them dirty, like Zergo... Zergo went from striker, being... On as a ghost. Like, what, right. who did better? Okay, Oaks' favorite commander, who went from not being a con to being a con, Because <laughs> Zergo got bent because he wouldn't bend the knee to the dragons, as one should. On as much as I respect the woman, was like, nah, ancestor worship or death. And Dramica was like, that's a super easy choice for me, actually. <laughs>
0: that's a that that, that's gonna be that's gonna be a death for me dog uh also narset went from being a con which is like that's pretty lit uh to being a planeswalker which is
2: arguably much more lit so narset was kind of orphaned and like had to get like exiled and like went to go live on kamigawa with tamyo she had some trauma Uh, i
0: mean i don't know that part of the lore but whatever
2: ivory tusk fortress pretty cool name for an elephant
3: but how about another five mana elephant from cons with another cool name called Avalanche Tusker. <laughs> Yo, look at this dude. <laughs> one of my dude. favorite names in magic, Avalanche Tusker. This one, this is the, I guess, teamer version of Ivory Tusker Fortress, but uh, I'm sorry. I just, I love that name, Avalanche Tusker.
0: That is an
1: aggressive
3: what? elephant, a 6'4".
0: I forget if it's the regular art or the promo art or something, but there's one where he's deadass just snowboarding, like snowboarding down a mountain. Actually, both of them... <laughs> But uh, I, I will say, Chev, I forgot what Ivory Test Fortress did, but uh, yeah, he's actually, he's by far the best card out of all of our nostalgic picks. I forgot that he was five mana. Five mana? Are you kidding me? Again, we go
1: back to, you know, poor assessment of what I should do. And I think it was this this 4 for one black um, that was in the deck, and I had four of them. And I could pay one black to outlast it, and I was always like, I'm just going to keep outlasting this guy, and then it's like, why would I play the Fortress? I now have, like, a 7-4, and then it would just get tapped down all the time. Yeah, no, Ivory Tusk is definitely, like, one of, my, one of my favorite cards, and I hope to see something with him soon. But unfortunately, it doesn't deal with minus 1, minus 1 counters, so I'm kind of left a little bit bummed.
2: Just make a more fun deck that deals with plus 1, plus 1 counters. I have fun with minus 1, minus
1: 1 counters. It's you who don't have fun with them. I mean, yes.
2: Chev, that's why you
0: just tell your friend Eric to do what he always does and make a plus one plus one counter deck and just put ivory tusk in it. And then you can just see it in action. That's true. You can see it up close and personal. Cause it's going to beat your face in.
1: That's true. I can see it. And then I can murder it. And then it's the best of both worlds.
2: As Chev knows, my next one, one counter deck will unfortunately just be Selesnia, Not, uh, not the full package. We got a spicy brew coming at you.
0: What do you, what do you got going
1: on?
2: Uh, you and potentially the listeners, if it ever makes it into a Eric day of brew in the year of brew <laughs> article, uh, We'll have to have to wait on that.
0: All right. All right. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. We can talk. Um,
3: hour of brew. <laughs> <laughs> the hour. Of- <laughs> Moment of brew.
0: My yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite hour from uh, Hour of Devon Station Block was the hour of brew where we all just right. sat down and. And, uh, crack
2: open a cold one.
0: Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, is that basically just happy hour? The hour of brew?
3: That's just happy hour. Yes. Oh. <laughs> now we need to... That's what I will be calling it uh from here until I die.
2: Now we need to make a magic themed bar and have like a custom like art thing made for like hour of brew for happy it's gotta it's gonna be a whole thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: After after Bolus came through and just wiped the Gatewatch, he was like, oh it's been a hard day's work. I think I'm just gonna crack open a cold <laughs> one with the... crack open a cold one with uh, you know, and and Domry Rod, my boys.
2: Domry Rod, my dead boy. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, now he's dead.
0: But before that, oh, no. Bolus was like, oh, yeah, we're tight. We're, my we're dead tight.
2: boy that I
3: killed. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, too. All right, Lord all right, Roy. all
2: right. We're, we full-blown lost the plot at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway.
2: I believe you were going to tell them about where they could find this podcast?
0: God, Eric, always the voice of reason. I appreciate you so much. Uh, They can find this podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else better podcasts are found. If we're not on your favorite podcast streaming service, hit us up at hexdrinkers at gmail.com or in our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at hexdrinkers, uh, and we will get ourselves there. Or if you just want to talk to us um tell us about your favorite cards from cons block and why they're better than ours which is obviously not true but you know um hit us up there also go to our website hexdrinkers.com if you want to once again find this podcast or read any of our articles got some really exciting stuff happening in the year of brew if i do say so myself um also check us out on twitch and youtube at hexdrinkers for video content streams yada 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 you know the deal smash the like button subscribe tell all your friends. and once again, thanks to Watsy for listening. Uh, we always love to have you guys, uh, tuning in. So we had a great time, uh, walking down memory lane and, uh, you know, talking about some old magic cards. So, uh, for Eric, Chev and Oak, this is Jules. We're the hex drinkers and we're signing out. <laughs> speaking of the boys though ding, 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 I need to put a sound effect in here because we got a bonus round Chev hates it because he's like how can you talk about art they're just hearing our voices they can't see it. we're talking about our favorite art okay because I noticed I noticed that we put our favorite arts in there uh, other than Chev because he's lame and um every single art is just it's just the boys just in different contexts so yeah. my personal one yeah it's just the boys in different contexts uh, my true. personal one is the flying crane kick A.K.A. I think it's actually called Flying Crane Technique. Oh, yeah, this is the boys rolling up to the club about to engage in a dance battle. Uh, just some Jackie Chan uh, type things, you know, jumping up, about to give you the old lotus bottom blossom right in the face. Uh, Oak, what's yours?
3: Um, so I know Chev mentioned earlier thinking guy Ascendancy looked really cool, and it, and it does. Uh, I think all these tendencies look really cool, but this is going to probably sound weird from coming from me since Sultai is very uh, far removed. But Soltai Ascendancy I think, is just awesome art. You know, like, this, I, whenever I, I think about this card, I just think, like, man, these are the goons. Like, these are, like, the art on this just depicts, like, a bunch of, like, dudes, like, of different, like, you know, w- creature types, races, and creeds, just, like, all holding weapons, looking like they're going to mess you up. And it's just, like, it's, it's one of those pictures where it's just, like, alright, these guys, like, they look like they're about to drop, like, the hottest mixtape of 2014. <laughs> so... <laughs> you, you gotta check out Tie Ascendancy if you get a chance. Oh, yeah.
2: Eric? Um, so I, I actually, like, completely whiffed on, like, the second half of the prompt, which was favorite art, and I just did bonus uh, shout-out to my favorite card. Um, it, we almost made it through an entire podcast about Collins Block and didn't talk about Collected Company, which is borderline a crime. A, the art on Coco is good. B, the art on the MTGO, like, re-released version of Coco is incredible. And the effect of Collected Company is just super interesting, super powerful. I would have put it in the build-around slot if we weren't really mostly talking about Commander. Because Coco's is an awesome build-around. Mostly. Oak made a face. But, yeah, we can talk about whatever <laughs> format we want. I don't know <laughs> anything about other formats, though. So, Coco's a super cool build around card, but it's also just a really cool, powerful thing that you can do and just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna pay four mana and get a bunch of value to the board."
0: Yeah, but going back to the art, it's the boys. It's the, bo- yeah, it the is boys. Yeah, the boys are boys. just posted up. It
2: is the boys. we post it up,
0: up <laughs> in front of the frat house. We're like, "Who do you know here?"
2: <laughs> you don't. You don't know Dramaka. You don't know the president. Like, I, I, I gotta know. be honest. I love that Chev's the only one of us in a frat, and like, I don't know if he. I don't know where I don't know where we all fall on the frat spectrum. This is something we'll have to sort out separately.
0: <laughs> oh God! I mean, um, before this devolves, I think I think I just got to shut it down because I can see this going bad, so bad. Uh, mostly because I, I just have no filter.